1: some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game podcast network.
2: Okay, what's going on? Next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, getting in the meat of the season and playoff vibes coming out of Atlanta. We'll get into it. Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, glad you're with us. Uh, make sure you are subscribed we do it twice a week and we're coming at you after game three of four between the Braves and the Giants and there's no doubt this is going to be right this is on one hand as the you know among the most frustrating losses of the year Um, it's been a hell of a series I mean a playoff five these two teams look like they are absolutely neck and neck Uh, same time though the things that it felt like last year they could kind of count on, maybe not so much this year. Uh bullpen, let's one uh get away, Jake McGee, Tyler Rogers. What uh what's your reaction to this one, Joe? I mean, this is one of those ones that I think if you dig a little deeper, it
3: wasn't about today, it was about yesterday. And and I think not just DeSclafani only going three innings, but their problem with about three fifths, two third, uh, two fifths, depending on how the week's going for Alex Wood of their rotation. Like they're just short starting bull- uh, pitchers right now, and it's taxing their bullpen, and so it's limiting the amount of guys that you can go to in a game like today. You think they really want to go, you know, uh, seven innings with a beautiful outing from Rodon? I mean, just the the life of the yeah. fastball is back. He was outstanding, and that's going to get overshadowed. You think they want to go Brebia and then straight to mcgee no they probably want to go mcgee doval in a situation like that maybe garcia doval or or some semblance of that but because you had to use everybody the last couple of days you're set up with guys kind of out of their normal role so i'm not as outraged as everybody like this is what happens
2: well, sure. They're going to have a few of these a year. They had a few of them last year for sure. So, uh, not not to overreact, it stings. There's no doubt. Absolutely. You saw the look on their faces as they're walking out of the dugout. This one really, really stung. And I think Until part hall. of it, there's kind of a good news, bad news in why it stung so much. Uh, it stings because we are at that point in the year where the measuring stick games, I think, start to matter. We know. Who they and I, you know, listen, I am on the doorstep already of being wrong. I told you a few weeks ago, you can already see who the six playoff teams are. And now the Braves have have crashed the party. And so there are going to be seven teams for six. <laughs> Maybe I'll still be right. Maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. But the point is, over the last two weeks, the Giants had measuring stick yeah. opportunities. They sweep the Dodgers. Everything looks like a one or a two run game, back and forth, haymakers against the Braves for a couple of days. And that's a really, really good thing. That's a good thing. I think it shows the giants are who we think they are. They are who their record says they are. Um, However, you win those games with the bullpen. That's how you win these playoff type games. And the only question a lot of us have left, it's not whether or not Farhan can build a winner. It's whether or not this kind of team flies in the playoffs. And so when you have playoff atmosphere games and you have disappointing losses like they did in games one and three of this series, it feels like two.
3: Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And the Braves have always kind of been that bugaboo team, though, Mark. And that's the part that really pisses me off because I hate the Braves. Like going back to 93, I legitimately hate the Braves. And it feels like they're always a thorn in our side. The McGee thing's interesting because everybody's losing their mind about McGee tonight, and, and I get it. But he's pitched really well since coming back from the DL, IL, whatever the hell it's called these days. Um, and, I, and I know I'm not in love with the one-pitch fastball thing that's kind of his bread and butter, but everybody tells us that the spin rate, spin rate, spin rates through the roof, look, maybe it's just a bad matchup. You know, I, He's been really good, though, thus far. Brebia, as much as he's not a household name, he's been pretty good for this team. He's been pretty good for the last month or so. So I just think that they, they they're lacking a lot of extra arms, and this is one of those ones. Rodon did everything he could to win. I thought Rodon was outstanding. To me, it's going to get buried in this. He had a bad May. He has been outstanding in June. He was outstanding in April. And
2: that's the thing I'm most encouraged about. What? One run, three hits, 10 strikeouts, and a seven-inning performance Dynamic. against an absolutely tremendous lineup. Yes. So, yeah, he, he's fantastic. We can get to Rodon and Webb because they're looking like Stunts. 1 and 1A again, yep. which is a really, really positive sign for the giants. The other thing though, about games like this. And I think that this is going to be the situation all year long Mm -hmm. um, when the giants lose and when they lose close games, when they lose close, low scoring games, it is going to bring up the number one thing we hear from people, which is that in playoff atmospheres and close games, they don't have that hitter that can be a game changer. They don't have that star that still seems to be uh, the same conversation that we've been rolling through. Now, when Farhan Zaidi came on with us a few weeks ago, he laid it out and explained exactly what his philosophy was for building a team. And I actually see it to be similar to a lot of teams that have been successful. Dodgers go to other sports, even the Warriors in the NBA. And it's this, start with a homegrown core, Yeah. then you sprinkle in your diamonds in the rough. They're a little out of order there because their new homegrown core is not there yet. The old homegrown core was really good last year. Not so much this year. Buster's gone. The Brandon's not as good, but you have your homegrown core. You sprinkle in the diamonds in the rough. He's done that. Yaz, Wade, Luis Gonzalez, we get it. And then when that's in place and you feel like a championship window is there, bang, that's when you yeah. go star hunting. That's when you go lay out the big contract the question is if you're going to build it that way you are going to have teams like this that even when they're winning feel like no-name teams yes are you okay with this philosophically
3: I'm not sure yet. Does that make sense? Like, sure. I'm not sure. I think that this is uncharted territory for me, and that's that's the part where I struggle with. And believe me, I love to star hunt as much as anyone. But let's go back just last year, for example. You're talking about certain situational hitting because that's what I look at, right? Situational hitting. Oh, in the Dodger series, Betts and Turner, their big guns delivered. I get that, and and you're not wrong. But also, this is the team, the San Francisco Giants, who had more pinch hit home runs than anyone ever felt like last year. And Lamont Wade Jr., someone who I never had heard of, okay, was one of the great situational hitters in all of baseball. I mean, it was was incredible. So was that a one-off, Mark? Was that an outlier? Or was that them strategizing and putting the best person up there to come through with some of these hits? I I don't know yet. Like, we don't have a large enough sample size. But, like – For me to sit here and scream and and yell and rip my hair out because they're not winning. Well, they are winning. They are winning. The question is, are they winning at a high enough clip to keep people's attention? I think that's up to each individual user at this point.
2: I mean, I'll answer the question briefly with just a a resounding yes. Okay. But there's a caveat. There's a caveat. You're going to have to get to the end of the rainbow at some point. The pot of gold is going to have to come at some point. Okay. I've watched teams sell a bill of goods to fans for a really long time and, and never actually get to the end of what the yeah. plan is. Yeah. And they get three quarters of the way through the plan and they're like, yep, it didn't work. So let's start over, here and go back to the beginning of the rainbow. They can't pull the okie doke like that. I don't think they will, but time will tell on that. And I'm willing to to, to you know to see and to hear when I get it when people are frustrated that there doesn't seem to be that guy. You want to go buy a Jersey. You want to stop what you're doing and watch him hit. There's that here's the other side of it. And I don't know that I've ever seen this in sports. They are absolutely unequivocally. I will not let somebody argue against me on this, a victim of their own success, because what has happened is we mentioned how he wants to team build and he hasn't even really gotten fully to point A yet. The first thing he wanted to come in to do was build up the farm system. Well, they went from rank 29th to ninth, and now they've got all these assets. They haven't really started to pay dividends yet. The best ones are really young. And in the process of going, all right, we're going to build from the farm up. At a certain point, we're going to have really good homegrown players. We know his ability to sprinkle in diamonds in the rough. And then – be opportunistic and go get that star. Well, in the meantime, while he's getting that started, they went out and won 107 games. (laughs) Whoops. Now everybody's like, okay, you're one of the big dogs on the block. And he's sitting here going, well, we're still waiting to get out from underneath Longoria's contract and really, really get this thing going. So expectations got ahead of themselves. This is a good thing. Mm. And it's a fair, wonderful problem to have. uh, But – it, it, it It's an odd dynamic that they won so many games that that Giants fans now are expecting a Dodgers like move when it's probably not quite the right thing to do yet. Yeah, got to be. And they're measured. It's not to say, oh, don't go get a star. When's that wrong? But it's got to be the right star. We can go all over baseball and look at the big contracts that haven't worked.
3: No, it's a great point. I mean, look, there's very few and far between when it comes to these big contracts. I mean, Mark, you can go all around. Max Scherzer is one of the few that has actually worked, you know, and he was a free agent, and people thought it was nuts to pay him that kind of money in Washington. Eventually, it ended up paying dividends. You know, it's an interesting point that you're bringing up that I need to chew on a little more? Like, I I do. I think I need to chew on the, like, did they arrive too soon and now they're a victim of their own success? Because I've been philosophically thinking about this. What if I just plopped Buster Posey back on this team right now? I think you immediately improve the bullpen. Right away. I do. Even if it's just incrementally. Okay. I think you immediately improve some of the defense, right? Because defensive catching has, there've been a little bit of a drop off because Bart was doing a good job because Sally's not as good. And this Wayans guy, he's dropped a couple of balls. They, they've been stealing on this team left and right tonight in the ninth inning. You, you saw a guy take a base and then you're missing your three, four hitter, right? So like if I just gave you competent catcher X with number three hitter X, would this team be five, six, seven games better than what they are right now? And no
2: one's complaining. Or is that just too simple to boil it down? I don't know. I mean, I think they've got pretty good defense behind the plate, number one. And number two, their their offensive output from catching, you wouldn't believe this, but it's is, hovering around league average. Which is crazy. So, I mean, to me, the biggest issue, what would immediately make them four games better in the standings okay. and probably tied for first is their defense. And, 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 and you know... This is something we can get to here coming up in a few uh, because the problem with defense is, A, I just think it rips your heart out from underneath you in the middle of games, especially the pitchers. Yeah. And B, I don't know what the fix is. I I, I don't know how you fix this on the fly. Um, and, in fact, let's dive into that a little bit further. Before we do, I want to remind you, you're listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, make sure you're subscribed. Share the podcast with your friends. We come at you twice a week.
1: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best
0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today.
1: Be a pro with AC Pro.
2: All right, so a couple things I want to get into here. One is Jock Peterson related. We'll get to that in a second. But what about that defense? So, uh, look, it was good, actually, in the loss that they they, they had here Wednesday evening. Um, it worked out in Game 2 of the series. They win 12-10. to 10, But Tyro Estrada dropping a ball over at second base... We watch it too much. Last year, they seemed to get away with it. Remember when Longo was out, Wilmore Flores takes over at third. We're rubbing our temples. We're like, that's not going to work. And then actually he did. He played really good defense. So maybe maybe they played over their heads last year. I just feel like this year, theres t- I mean, nothing will make the pitcher's shoulders slump more than when you've got to go get four or five outs in an inning. And there's too many times this year where you're looking at the Giants going, they're just not playing big league baseball on defense. And and so they're eight games over 500. Think how different it would be if they were 12 games over 500. It would change the entire conversation around this team. And I think the defense is why.
3: I think you're 100% spot on on the defense. It's been bad this year. And there's a couple things I've been thinking about. Number 1, your shortstop because they get the majority of opportunities. They're going to get a lot of putouts, right? They're going to get a lot of errors like just because of the the ratio. But Cross had a bad year defensively by his standards. He's still really good, but like by his standards, he's got almost 10 errors. I mean, we're not even in July yet. Like that's that's a lot for for him. And then I ask you this question. If I just ask you baseline athleticism on this team, range because forget the errors that go off the glove. Those are maddening. The Wilmer Flores at first base, he's not the greatest defensively. belts a great defensive first baseman. He's been out for a long time. Wilmer's had to play third base. He's not a great third baseman defensively. He's, he's okay. Long goes way better. So are they just not athletic? Is it guys are hurt and so other guys are playing other positions? Because I consider Yaz athletic and I consider yep. Luis Gonzalez athletic. Yep. And, y- and yet I feel like outfield defense is suspect.
2: Well, and, and we can't forget uh, that, that, you know, it's missing Wade. Yeah. Uh, Wade will be out there. He's another athletic guy. But I also think this is part of where the Giants philosophically have gone. In other words, uh, when you're going to spotlight certain things that you want, you're going to have to give something else up. Yeah. And, and the Giants clearly said, okay, if we want left-handed power in the outfield, we're going to have to put Jock Peterson out there on some nights, and let him <laughs> run around, and it might look silly sometimes. He's
3: an adventure.
2: And then they did the same thing with Darren Ruff. Yeah. Like, okay, this guy, like uh, your OPS is going to be over 800, but you're going to stumble and bumble and, yeah. uh, and and lumber around out there, and uh, and it may look funny sometimes. So I think that they signed up for this, and that's what's really tough because last year they signed up for it and they got away with it. Yeah, This year they signed up for it and it feels like they're getting their comeuppance on it. So I don't know, you know, again, Wade can come in, but think about the way the giants approach a game. They approach a game based on who's pitching yeah, and who's the right person to go hit against that pitcher. It's not necessarily about who do we want in the field and willing to make that trade. And sometimes it's going to burn you.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the the other element that I keep thinking about is this team squeezed so much productivity defensively out of shifting last year. No team got more outs out of the shift than the Giants. And, like, there's a play last night, the one that Estrada missed, where he's playing essentially deep over second base, but he's the shortstop at that point because Crawford had gotten hurt. And normally he'd be at second base. And I guess it's a similar angle, but you are at a different position. And now you're shifted. And now you're kind of in no man's land, even though you are a natural second baseman. And it's just kind of a funky move to the bag. Longoria is like, ah, kind of double hitching, throws a lob pass over to him. I think he thought it was going to be harder or higher or whatever. And it's just, I don't know. I, overthinking not natural i'm not sure what i'm trying to say here but i do think when you have so many moving parts and you're you're constantly shuffling and moving things around it's just hard to play natural carefree baseball because you have to think about where you need to be
2: yeah and it's, it'll be interesting to see if that's even an issue going forward if they if they do away with that coming up next year and, and you'll be more uh in your in your natural movements and or, or whatnot but the bottom line for me is They've just got to, you know, it's kind of like when we were yelling at the Warriors about rebounding. It's about positioning. It's about effort. It's about thought ahead of time. Uh, What am I going to do in a certain situation? You know, these are big league ball players. Catch the ball. You got to catch the ball. (laughs) Totally. Um, You know, and speaking of one of the guys who struggles out there defensively, uh, let's go back to Jock Peterson. Now, this was maybe of all the things Farhan told us a few weeks ago, we haven't circled back to this. He very much stated not only his love for Jock Peterson, that he's always loved Jock Peterson. He said, we are trying to discuss something longer term already. You want Jock Peterson for, for another couple years after this one with the Giants? I do. I really yeah. do.
3: Like if you just look at like some of the best values in free agency right now, from, from this last offseason crop Jock's at the top of the list. Sure. I I mean, for $6 million, you've got a guy who's on pace to hit 30 jacks. He's right around his 270, 275 average. He's driving in runs. And more importantly, he fits the ethos of the clubhouse. He's a guy that I think keeps people loose and fun. And every guy, whether it's Yastrzemski, Estrada, I've heard so many guys talk about it. Like, jock really fits and he's the guy that encourages everyone he keeps everybody loose sounds like he's holding kangaroo court as well as the judge you gotta have those guys for years i loved pablo around this team because of the other things he brought and all the stuff you got at the plate or out in the field it's kind of gravy not only is jock a top outfielder in the national league it feels like he's one of the top presences in that clubhouse
2: yeah i i agree with all that would love to see him For And again, it depends on what he wants. Um, He may be hitting so well that he wants to see uh, how this whole thing plays Mm -hmm. out, um, and he may want to see what other dollars are out there for him. But if you can go play right now on the fact that he's local, the Mm -hmm. fact that he just sort of always seemed like he should be a giant, um, the fact that Farhan values so much what he does, it feels like a very, very comfortable fit. And so maybe – uh, maybe they do put something on the table that makes him go yeah that's like you know I don't I don't need to worry about what we're going to go find out there and and, and this guy I mean I think you said it but you even undersold it I, I mean in terms of the free agent signings across baseball in the outfield this year he he right now is third in the voting for also he's gonna be a starter. We talked a couple of weeks ago about who's going to be a, an all-star on this team. We can't even find one, and now we're finding out might have a starting outfielder, a starting outfielder uh, for six million bucks on one year. He's been absolutely everything they could hope. He is, and by the way, his home runs, clutch, like well, that's very few of them. I don't see a lot of jock Thank homers you. when it's ten to two. Thank you. You know what I mean? It and feels so, like everyone matters, doesn't and, it? And if you're saying that when teams like this, Platoonville, when they get to the playoffs, you don't have guys that'll that'll get the big hit in a tie game late in the playoffs, well, Jock Peterson is one who who will. He's been yeah. there before. He's got what, a couple of World Series rings in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's exactly the presence in the lineup you need.
3: And also, I think with the DH. It gives you a little bit of wiggle room if he does slip even more defensively, yeah. because he's the guy that you could pencil in in the DH slot and not really lose sleep about, right? You know what you're going to get from him. The other thing is Mark, he represents like so many times the Giants went after someone who I wanted to be a Giant like two years too late. Steve Finley, Michael Tucker, Ryan Klesko. It was like, oh, we waited till the lemon had zero drops left and then we acquired the Rhine with no juice, right? This this guy's still got juice left. And if you just compare him to Nick Castellanos, who Giants fans salivate over, yep. I'm sorry. Jock has been better than Nick Castellanos sure in has. almost every single stat- statistic and more efficient.
2: Yeah, and by the way, just turned 30 a few months ago. So, you So, you know, you're, and you're not looking at someone who's going to command north of five years or anything like no. that. So there's no reason to think that whatever he's doing right now, he can't do for at least another couple of years. Yeah. So. I would not be surprised if there's anybody on this roster that's on sort of like what they did with Crawford last year, mid season extension watch Jock Peterson's your guy. Well, and it it gives you one less thing to
3: have to worry about via trade or, or, or with this farm system and maybe it arms you because you've got Jock for a couple of years. Maybe you're more willing to surrender a lower level outfield prospect because you don't necessarily need that guy to come up and, and be an impact
2: player right away. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. This is Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you are subscribed. Share with your friends, your family. Rate, review. We thank you so much for listening.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Um, OK, a couple more things here. Uh, we want to do an ep- or, uh, another version of three up, three down. Check yes. in on who is really get our attention on the way up. Who's kind of got our attention on the way down as well. Get to that in a moment. But let's also do Willie Mac Award watch as we start to approach the halfway point of the season, who do you got? Well,
3: look, I think the obvious one for most people is going to be Jack Peterson, who we just talked about. But let me give you a couple of names. I'm going to start off with Tyro Estrada. I know people are driven nuts by some of the defensive plays. He, he boots that ball yesterday and then makes two ridiculous plays back-to-back, it seems like, uh, in the following innings and, and right after that play. I love what Tyro Estrada has done. He's played the most games for the San Francisco Giants. He's hitting for average on this team and just looking across the league. He seems to always get on base. He's one of the few guys that can go first to third. And I know the defensive metrics don't favor him. He does make plays, and he's one of the few guys that can not only play second, but can play a little shortstop. So I think he's been so under the radar. And with Stella, it feels like that Achilles is just hanging by a thread. It feels like Estrada took the job and kind of has a stranglehold on it, and I'm really
2: excited for him. One of the fun things about the Willie Mack Award is that we never know exactly what's going on inside the clubhouse. Like, we don't know uh, who is really – Kind of gathering everybody who's inspiring. Uh, their teammate. I mean, were you a little surprised last year when all of a sudden it was like Lamont Wade? Lamont Wade is the Willie Mack Award winner. We didn't even know who he was (laughs) uh, when when, when the season started.
3: Mark, I was sad they got rid of Thor, Sean Anderson. I was like, I kind of liked him. You know, I thought maybe he could be something down the line. You know what I mean? Like that's I had no idea who Lamont Wade was. And then, yeah, not only is he the clutchest guy out there, he's the guy that you're giving the Willie Mack Award to, but it goes to tell you his impact.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, w- that said, not knowing yeah. who's really all I can do is sort of look from afar and tell you who sounds to me like a big-time leader, and I'm so fascinated by the transition because he seems to go from, like, wide-eyed, young, new guy in the bigs to all of a sudden a complete stud, an ace, and a guy who – really strikes a leadership tone when he talks after games. And I'm talking about Logan Webb. Oh, I, I I wonder, I wonder if not only because of the bulldog nature of the way he handled the playoffs last year, going out there now as a lead number one pitcher doing very well with it, but also take a look at the way he sort of handles the media after Um, he's an all team guy. Um, very honest, not afraid to, you know, put his true thoughts Mm -hmm. out there. Uh, You know, he, a couple weeks ago, not happy with being taken out of the game by Gabe Kapler and, and he let it be known on the field and he let it be known in the clubhouse. And then the very following week, he's like, we're all good here. Everything's fine, but you know, I'm going to keep it real. I think that other players respond to stuff like that i think they respect his game i think they respect his attitude i wonder if he might not be on the short list you know for a guy who played high school quarterback he gives me a lot of quarterbacky
3: and vibes yes. in terms of leadership and in the presence and the moxie behind the microphone like yeah you're 100 correct on that it's a really interesting one i thought you were going to go Luis gonzalez here one last thing on logan webb When you're rolling and everything's coming out flamethrower and and you got all the spin on and and grip on every single pitch, like – A lot of guys can look really good. What's impressed me the most is that he has won in a variety of ways this year. He's looked electric. He's won with his B stuff. He's won when he hasn't had but only one pitch or maybe only two pitches on a given night. He's won in a variety of ways with big leads, with no lead from behind. I've I've learned a lot about his makeup and his moxie this year, and I am very convinced he's a
2: 10-year starter. That's what he is. Let's take that in fact, right into three up, three down. I'm gonna throw three players at you that I really love the way they're okay. heading, and then three players that are heading the other direction. Uh, you tell me if they're in the right spot. okay, and, and and that leads into this because my first one is Logan Webb. Um, he, along with Rodon, uh, these guys have pitched very, very well in the month of June. his ERA over the last couple of weeks, Is under one point three, and I know we don't look at ERA all that much anymore, but he does have it down to about three and a quarter, so it's about three point two six. He's six and two. I just think he looks the part, and it's very, very different when you look the part when no one saw it coming versus when they did see it coming. Like this year, Logan had expectations hung around his neck, and he's meeting him. He's pitching like that ace. I love what he's doing. He's my number one three up when you
3: agree he's not just throwing he's pitching yeah and i there's a big difference i know that we kind of like greg maddox was a pitcher you know what i mean like randy johnson's just up there blowing cheddar he's throwing you know that's the way i look at logan webb he hits locations and spots and one thing that i love about him is that if he does get squared up He'll go another inning or two before someone else squares him up. He finds a way to adjust to whatever the settings are. Um, I will say this. The encouraging thing for him, I don't think he's even close to reaching his apex as a player. Like a lot of young guys come up and they flame throw and like, you've kind of seen the best of them in the first year or two. And then it gets kind of a little bit worse and worse to me. I think that there's so much more to his game that we haven't even seen yet. Like, I think he's going to develop four full pitches and maybe
2: a fifth one eventually. Last three starts, three earned runs in 19 and two-thirds innings, uh, back-to-back outings where he has finished the seventh inning, uh, one of them against an elite club, the Atlanta Braves, to start off this series, even though it was a game they lost 2-1. to He got caned. What's that? He got caned. I mean, it was the the prototype cane outing. Speaking of which, the two games that have been lost in Atlanta – have both been pitched by the Giants, two best starters, and they were both absolutely at their absolute best yeah. and lost anyway. But that is my second guy on three up. And that is Carlos Rodon. Um, I think that, you know, coming out of April, he was so good, but you had to have some concerns in may because what you're seeing is, okay, this is a guy who switched leagues. This is a players who have not seen him very much before in their career, if at all. and, Uh, It's also early in the season with a guy who's had arm trouble in the past. So maybe he's just pumping cheddar at the beginning of the year and he's going to fall off. And so when you see him go into his second month and it's not very good, he doesn't look the same. You're thinking, oh man, is this the real Rodon? What a settling thing to have him come out in month three and look exactly like he did back in month one. He has been absolutely dominant. He and Webb, if the giants can get to the dance, I, I mean, that's as formidable of a one-two punch as, uh, as anyone outside of, let's see if the Mets get healthy. Yeah. That's as, as formidable of as a one-two punch as anybody else is going to throw at them in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, the, the two things for me that's really encouraging with Rodon – The miles per hour is up. Not that that's everything, but the spin rate is up on the fastball. The miles per hour is up on it big time from from May to June. And then the other thing, the swing and misses on a lot of different pitches, not just the fastball, but on the breaking stuff is up, up, up. I mean, the 10 strikeouts tonight, monster. But guys were just putting the bat on the ball, fouling it off, squaring it up, whatever you want to say in May. All of the stuff, swing and miss stuff you saw in April is now back in June. And I, I feel really good about where he's at I'm not gonna lie I was worried about him coming out of May I mean Mark I really was I was I was really worried that 98 mile fastball getting down to 94 95 I'm thinking oh boy this is what the White Sox fans were telling us when it comes to the shoulder and monitoring the innings but to see him back I think as the weather heats up too he seems to be a guy that kind of likes to sweat it up a
2: little yeah, no doubt. He's a guy we know. He runs hot. He runs <laughs> yes. on emotion. And so uh, so this has been, you know, these big-time games against the Dodgers yeah. and the Braves. You can tell it's bringing out the best in him. Uh, third guy for three up is someone we discussed already a little bit in Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13 for 51 in the month of June. He's got his average overall up to 266. 15 home runs as you said you said he's on pace for 30 he's on pace north of that 15 home runs right now and where are we at 68 games um his ops is almost 900 that's the phrase that pays man you've that's the number that everyone in in baseball is looking at right now if your ops is north of 800 you're fantastic if you're dancing in the area of 900 uh you're an elite baseball player i you know i know that Again, when you're one year, six million dollar kind of afterthought and you're a platoon player, if you will, people aren't going to put that on you. But eight ninety seven OPS. Talk about Jock for a little bit and then I'm going to give you some names that are alongside him at eight ninety seven OPS.
3: Yeah, I would love to hear that. Here's the thing about Jock that I noticed, especially last night's game he gets yanked out for a pinch runner and then takes the helmet off in the dugout, not sulking, not sad, not stoic or quiet. He's high fiving everybody and he's super happy. And he totally understands his role. How many guys on a one year deal trying to prove that they're worth big money are, are happy to get taken out of the game because they know, yeah, you know, base running is probably not my thing, but I'm on base and I want to win this game like that to me, forget all the OPS because those numbers are incredible and the home runs. And, and we've talked about the clutch factor feels like every one of his hits the other day. OK, they're shifting him dramatically. He takes a little off and does like this little butcher boy hack down the baseline, uh, down the third baseline and gets on base. I, for me, I feel like I just love everything about this dude. And he has totally bought into not just Gabe and and the Giants team, but Farhan and his way. And he just feels so comfortable like that's
2: the biggest thing for me. Well, Jock, right now, because of the platoon nature, is just barely shy on enough at bats to qualify for the official OPS list in Major League Baseball. Okay. This is all the majors, not just National League. But Can I guess with, with a few more at bats, well, tell me where, yeah, give, give, tell me where you okay. think he would place as far I as think, the number. I think he's like probably in the top fifteen. That's exactly right. He would be be 12th in all of Major League Baseball for OPS, just ahead of Wilson Contreras, just behind C.J. Krohn, just behind Pete Alonzo. This is the kind of production you're seeing from Jock Peterson.
3: Wow. He's been unbelievable this year. And, you know, to see him hit a jack against the Atlanta Braves, that was pretty cool, especially bringing out the pearls and having the whole necklace. Like, it's always something with him. It's the hair. It's the fantasy football gambling. It's the pearls. It's the way he's wearing his pants. It's the glove. Like, that's the one thing that I really do appreciate about him. People say, oh, the game's boring. Not Jock Peterson. No. Every at bat is must see. The way I was hey. must see on Johnny Cueto at bats, that's how I am on
2: Jock Peterson. You talk about his play and then add in the Tommy Fam thing. Jock oh, Peterson John. has been, uh, on, to man. borrow from Dosekis, he's been the most interesting baseball player in the world this year. And it is not close. He's been great. Okay, And, and I was
3: worried when he got the calf injury yeah. that we maybe had seen the best of him. He's bounced back big
2: time. No doubt. All right. Now we do have to talk about three down. The first one is obvious. What are they going to do about Anthony? Uh, I know it's only been one start back, but the hope was if you're going to be healthy, all right, come out and show us what you're really worth, especially with Junis now injured. Desclafani's going to have to pitch. They do not have another option. He's got to be a part of this rotation. When you're given a four run lead early to cough it up that quickly. I know they ended up winning the game, but my goodness, I I, I just, it, with, with the contract that goes along with him, Di right now is threatening to be kind of the low watermark of all of the Farhan Zaidi moves. That is concerning right now.
3: I hate saying these names, but it's got a Matt Morris, Samarja like feel to it right now where he goes out there and I just have zero confidence, like just zero confidence. I do think the defense let him down. A couple of balls just fell in and it was like, and they weren't errors. It just, you know, ball drops in in between second and right field and it's like, ah, like, uh, and then the next guy comes up and hits an absolute seed. And you're thinking, What's this inning like if he gets that first out, right? Like, I, I can do that all day. He's going to get two or three more starts, in my opinion. He has to. They don't have oh, anything yeah. right now. Um, and, and it would be, I think, I think it would be a team obliteration sensation, to quote your show, if they just threw him on the I.L. without giving him a couple of opportunities to redeem himself. He was good. He was good last year until the final month of the season. I've been harping on the final month, that final start in the playoffs. Like, trust me, it wasn't good. But he was good last year. Can he regain that magic? The miles per hour is down. It doesn't look like the spin rate's up. He's throwing the breaking ball even more than he had in in years past. I don't know. I think he's soul searching right now.
2: Yeah, I I, I agree with you on all those fronts. And so um, you're right. He's going to get at least a couple more starts. He has to. They, They don't have another choice. Um, especially this early in that contract. They need something out of him this year. Next one, a couple that are going to be maybe a little bit quirky, yeah. Yeah. but I wonder what you think. Tommy Um, you know, when you talk, and not that he was a great defensive player, yeah. uh, but when their defense is struggling so much up the middle of the diamond, I'd love to see him get out there a little bit more. Plus, I guess we need to just change our thoughts. Uh, the National League's never had a DH before, but in our minds, your DH is supposed to weigh Thank 280 you. pounds. Thank you. I mean, that's it. You need a big bears. bubble butt, and you need to hit the ball in the 15th yeah. row, and and the Giants are hucking, you know, 256, and I'm really good at making contact with two strikes. Yes. And I'm just going, is this – this is, this is the best. I mean, he hasn't been horrible sitting you know, 256, but the OPS is below 700. Is, is this the best they can do for a left-handed DH, particularly when Wade gets back and you can have Jock, Wade, Gonzalez, and Yaz all in the lineup in the same game?
3: This is such a great point. To me, I don't get this roster decision. I know you gave him a multi-year deal. I know you liked him. I I don't get it. Like I just legitimately don't get, especially if Crawford's out for, let's just say a couple of days here you don't have a second baseman or a shortstop backing up Crawford right now. Like, I, I don't know. This one's a head scratcher for me. And it's not like you got a lot of options. I mean, who was the guy Walton that they brought up a couple of days ago? I mean, he had some moments, but I don't think he's a long-term solution. This one's a head scratcher for me, especially on a team that preaches so much about roster construction and how every spot matters to me. He feels like a very flawed one way player as a DH and that's it. And yeah. I don't even think he's a great
2: DH last one. And you're going to, you know, I'm glad we're also on, can't run. I'm glad we're on zoom here. That's true too. I'm glad <laughs> we're on, uh, uh, you know, the stream yard here because you'd probably throw something at me or punch me if we we're in the same room. But the last one is Tyro Estrada. And I know, I know you love him Yeah, and, and I get it too. I, uh, the, the yeah. guys, he's just a gamer. He yeah. looks like a ball player. He's one of those guys. My man, you got to catch the ball. Like, if we're going to put you up the middle of this diamond, you have got to catch the ball. I know you're trying to fill in on some nights for Brandon Crawford. We just mentioned uh, the La thing. A lot is being asked of Tyro Estrada. And, you know, is a very young player, still just 26 years old. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, we see what he can do offensively, and and we fall in love with that. 262 average is fine, solid, very, very good. That's what I would say. OPS is barely over 700 at 703. He ain't hitting bombs. Right, but again, we're talking about a middle infielder. You're not looking for 25 home runs out of this guy. But we just, we can't anymore. Like, the errors he makes seem to be the kind where you're like, what on earth is that? Like, you're going to drop some, but there are a few that are just like, I mean, a, 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 a little leaguer can make those plays. And, and so right now, I just I, – I want a little bit more out of Tyro Estrada as far as the details of the game defensively. I think that's a
3: totally fair assessment. Offensively, too, to me, in an ideal lineup – he's like my eight or nine hitter. Like that's what I like. Almost like yeah. a double lead off. Like that's where I would put him in a st- more stacked lineup. I mean, he, he's not because of necessity of where they're at right now. Defensively. I can't argue with you. Although I will say this after booting the routine play, he always seems to make the incredible it's a Great one. I yep. mean, like going to it his does. left diving has no business making a throw. He comes through with those ones, but I will say, I'm higher on him than everyone else because I literally had zero hope for him as a player. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I have seen Eugenio Velez 2.0, 3.0, 75 different times with the Giants. This guy, I think this guy's a keeper. I don't think he's an everyday second baseman long term. But for the time being, especially because LaSella can't move at all, I feel like he's been a little spark plug for this team. And I know, be look, Mark, I can't defend the defense. I mean, yeah, my dad, yeah. if it touches your glove, make a damn play. You I can hear like my dad play. in my head.
2: Okay, one more in Atlanta, and then there's a homestand. I want to see the Giants take off. The Reds, the Tigers, the White Sox, it's a losing team, another losing team, and another losing team. Now, I know the White Sox are barely below 500, but this is a homestand starting this weekend that the Giants really, really need to, I feel like, take advantage. This is a spot where you can trim that four-and-a-half game deficit down to two-and-a-half maybe even one and a half. If you come out and clearly win all of these series, I think it goes three with the Reds, two with the Tigers, and then three – with the white Sox, So, you know, I, 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 I want six of these games. I don't think that's asking too much. No, I believe me. I do too. They've done a really good job after the Dodgers
3: series sweeping the Dodgers. They've held their own against all the teams they should be holding their own against. And it does feel like whether it's been the Cardinals series, the Mets, whomever that they've played this year, that you would deem, you know, championship caliber teams, those games have felt big to me like they really have. I know their record isn't great against those over 500 teams, but it feels like they're playing in tight, good ball games. but the defense and some of the situational hitting that was so awesome last year has let them down. So they got a feast on these lower end teams.
2: Yep. Here they come. They're coming home. Great stuff for Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. It's been the garlic fries and baseball guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Do not miss an episode. We come at you two times a week.